being just this moment. A way we could start the practice principles with that. And yet, though it's the fundamental point, it's also where we can't quite start. Besides the fact that the practice principles are modeled after the Four Noble Truths and the Four Noble Truths don't begin with that point. But let's explore what it would be to begin with that point or what's difficult about beginning with being just this moment. A disciple asked Master Shaosho or Joshu, does a baby have six senses or the sixth sense, sense of awareness? Could be either. The Chinese could be translated either way. Shaosho's response, like a ball tossed on flowing stream. The disciple asked, what does that mean? Non-stop flowing. Non-stop flowing. That's what our life is. Non-stop flowing. And yet... Do we have difficulties with non-stop flowing? Several weeks ago, I was on the northern Pacific coast. It was steep cliffs over tidal pools with very um, large uh, rock formations in the water through which the heavy surf would come crashing in. So you'd have this very strong ocean surf, ocean waves crashing in and the water swirling all over, banging against the uh, rock walls. And looking down at it, could see there were seals in the water and they'd get the waves would come crashing in and they'd go under the waves and the waves would crash against the um, rocks and there were warning signs human for us humans don't go down towards the water, don't go into the water, don't even stay on the cliffs because it can collapse and the water, if you're on the beach, will drag you in. Most places at that point there was no beach. And yet I noticed that the seals seem to have no problems with the water crashing in, pushing them along. They seem to flow very easily with it. No problem. I, at first I thought they were going to get hit against the rocks. It didn't seem to bother them. And yet other objects that were in the water were hit against the rocks, thrown up on the rocks, whether it was seaweed or logs, wood. And the seals didn't seem to have any problem with the non-stop flowing. And yet, for me, as a human, I looked at it and I said, well, that's treacherous. And it said, people regularly get killed when they go in here to this water. When we think of us hominids, which we humans are, one of the hominids, one of our primary characteristics 
is what? Think for a moment. Characteristics of hominids. There are a number of different characteristics, but one of them has to do with the nature of our hand, opposable thumb, grasping, grasping branches, grasping things. And I can't say what other hominids do, but us humans, homo sapiens, tend to grasp mentally, emotionally, in all sorts of ways. We grasp things. And when you're grasping in the midst of non-stop flowing, what happens? When you're grasping and holding on to something which has flown away, flowed away, or you're trying to have it not flow despite the fact that it's flowing, humans have problems with that. We have problems with it. We bump up against things. We hold on to things that aren't holdable because the nature of this reality of life, of our life, of this moment, of who we are, is non-stop flowing. And yet, and yet, we grasp. We grasp in all sorts of ways, which is why we get into trouble from this grasping. Grasping whether we talk about it as caught in self-centered dream, which is the most fundamental grasping, grasping onto a fixed, permanent self-idea of so-called myself, or fixed, permanent selves of all sorts of beings that we encounter. Whereas the reality No such thing, fixed, permanent, separate. It's non-stop flowing. Non-stop flowing, which, if we were a fish, might be easy for us to flow in. If we were a seal, might be easy. I don't know what seals, seal-ness is like. But I just use that as an example. We don't have to worry about seals or fish. But we do have to notice what happens to us humans in the midst of this non-stop flowing in which we insist, no, I am such and such way. He is such and such way. She should do such and such. After all, that's how she is. And yet, non-stop flowing. Not only non-stop flowing of beings, but the whole of our own experiencing is non-stop flowing, except when we cut ourselves off from our own experiencing, when we segregate and seclude ourselves in what we hold on to. This morning, before the Gatha of Atonement, I said something about being just this moment as atonement. In a way, atoning is allowing the non-stop flowing of all so-called past harmful actions 
so-called past, beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance. Only if we hold on to the so-called past from back there, hold on to it in our grasping, whether our grasping about ourselves or our grasping about others, do we get into trouble. And all sorts of trouble builds out of that, out of that what seems natural to us. Grasping seems natural. In fact, often if you were just to let your hand be, you'd see there's already the beginning of a grasping in it. Now that's physical, but in our mental habits. And it's perfectly fine. That's what makes us able to function as humans. And yet, if we do this, hold this, in the midst of the flowing of our life, in spite of the flowing, we get into all sorts of trouble. Now, yesterday I talked a little about Inmo, and today I'll just get to the end of that. What Dogen likes to do is he likes to make his major point at the beginning, then start and build up to it, and then at the end again repeat it. So I'll just read one sentence, two um, small paragraphs. So... Dogen, again citing some earlier masters. He says, Study thusness as ungraspable. Inquire about ungraspability in thusness. This thusness, this ungraspability is not merely concerned with Buddha thoughts, understanding is ungraspable, enlightenment is ungraspable. I add on, life is ungraspable, or unknowable, or unattainable. Ungraspable, and yet we try to grasp, rather than just being this moment, we want to grasp past and pull it along with us, despite the rocks that we are knocked against in the flow of our life. And caught, holding, what happens when caught in self-centered dream? holding to self-centered thoughts. We bang against all sorts of flowing which aren't the way it is now. No, I should say the flowing is the way it is now. The holding and the grasping aren't the way it is now. And therefore, we have trouble from that. It's very difficult to be this experiencing which by its very nature is ungraspable or unattainable, which is what Dogen's point here is made, is, which is what our life is. Holding to self seems most natural, and yet, and yet, non-stop flowing is the experience of our life. Our life, so-called internally, if we stay present. Our life, so-called externally, in our functioning with other people. Even in the functioning of objects and circumstances, we discover that it's non-stop flowing, maybe at different rates, maybe at different speeds, 
but certainly not in accord with how we expect and hope and want it to be much of the time. So our difficulties, whether it has to do with aging of ourself or aging of others, whether it has to do with the mood of someone else or what they do or say or what they should have said or what they said last time and what they didn't do this time, is entering into this non-stop flowing where a solid I, which we hold to, a solid I beliefs, habits, which we hold to, gets buffeted against and by the non-stop flowing. And the more we resist it, which is one of our tendencies to attempt to do, and the way we resist it is with anger and with greed and with other forms of reactions, with fears, those are all ways of resisting this non-stop flowing. And it seems most natural for us grasping beings to do that because we assume that we're not flowing beings. Now, one of the things that's also nice to know is even though we're grasping beings, we're also flowing beings. And I'll again go to other hominids if some of you have seen certain hominids who flow through the jungle treetops by grabbing onto one branch or vine and swinging out as far as they can go and then letting go and then reaching out and somehow grabbing another one and then continuing. non-stop flowing even there sometimes. It's not something that we're not capable of. It's just that we become so fixed in our grasping habits that we can't sometimes even see the grasping on our part and we can't see how it's bumping up against the non-stop flowing, whether it's in our thoughts, in our feelings, in our sayings, or even in our physical activity, in our attentiveness or non-attentiveness. So what's the practice with this? Well, that's something we can explore a, a little together now. But let me say one suggestion that Dogen ends this section with. He cites a phrase from the sixth ancestor who, when he instructed his disciple Nanyue, he said, What is that? What is it that Thus comes, so Dogen said, study thoroughly his statements that all things are invariably what? Study thoroughly that the one thing is no other than what? What is not to be doubted? What thus comes? What? So one way to assist us in the face of circumstances, especially in the face of circumstances when our grasping or holding pulls our arms out of our sockets or results in other kinds of painful reactions, is to look, what? What is this? What is this ungraspable moment? What is being this ungraspable moment. Of course, it's being is sufficient. Don't have to look what. And yet we find ourselves 
grasping in the midst of resisting being. So I'll stop here and maybe we can talk a little about this. Yes. It's the grasping that takes you from one vine to the next, to the next, to the next. And um, that hasn't been my experience. It's the grasping, <laughs> but what's the other part of it's the grasping? Yes. It's, it's the gre- yes. grasping and releasing, yes. the ability to grasp and release yes. freely and trust that when there's a need for something else to grasp. And in a way, that's what was hard for us because we're afraid to release. In order to be, we have to release what we're caught in or what we're holding to. In my mind, as I pictured that scene, I don't see that being frantically looking around for where's that next vine, is it going to be there? You know, it, it, it is, it's just flood. There's that, I'm going to let go and there's going to, there's going to be that one. And that's, that's not my experience. Um, about a week ago, uh, it was, uh, well, my mother died a little bit over a year ago. And so, in this past year, um, we've uh, gone through taking everything out of her house. Um, Once everything was out, we discovered that there were substantial repairs that were needed. There was damage in the walls that couldn't be seen when all the things were there. Made those repairs and... um, in some cases, that called for certain rooms, like the kitchen, to be completely remodeled. And the contractors just did a wonderful job. Um, it doesn't look like my mom's kitchen anymore, um, and that was that was difficult. Um, but the next step was to go sign the papers. To, list the house for sale and um, and everything you know had been done and the real estate agent and I had met at the house and talked about things and the next step I just I you know to go and sign the papers and um, it was very hard mm. it was very hard to do that yeah. um, just to to physically go to that office um, and do that. And you know that house, it doesn't have any, I never lived there, it was a house they bought when I was an adult. But um, in my mind, it seems like it's like it's their house. And one one other family member said, well, I don't care who lives there after they do, it's always going to be their house. <laughs> and I know that's not the case. Yeah, it's not, you know, maybe in our minds it's their house, but it's 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 a house in a particular location. And um, 
I was surprised at how difficult it was to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a part of me that felt great relief about it because this has been a uh, ongoing uh, uh, I'm not sure even what to call it ongoing uh, responsibility for a year now but I just was surprised at how hard that was yeah. to do and the grieving is natural part of being human and when that grieving gets in the way, not that it gets hard to go, but gets in the way of saying, I refuse to go, because then they can't be what's the next step here. There's a famous uh, monkey trap. Some of you might know about this. You put uh, uh, fruit in a in, in a, a jar or something where a monkey could fit its hand in and grasp the fruit, but while holding on to the fruit, can't remove the arm. And if that jar or, or vessel, whatever it is, is, is anchored, the monkey will stay trapped there, despite the fact that all it has to do is open its arm, hand, and slip it back out. But then it would have to let go of that fruit that it's holding on to. And it gets trapped that way, and people come and do whatever they do to monkeys that they capture that way. We get trapped by what we're holding on, despite the flow of the circumstances that there are Hunters coming to catch us here, and it makes perfect sense for us to run away. We would otherwise, except we're caught by what we're holding on to. See, being able to respond to the flow of the universe life, that's our life, in the moment, is only when we can be the ungraspableness of it meaning we can release the grasping, so that grasping, sure, one of our functions, but it doesn't need to be a function that traps us, means it's grieving, always calling it your mother's house, fine. Nevertheless, it's time to sell it. Or it's time to say, no, I won't sell it no matter what. I won't. And then we build up a bigger and bigger burden of things that we insist on carrying along about, he did that to me, she did that to me 20 years ago, 30 years ago, two generations ago, their family did this to my family, so we can't, even though we're cousins, we don't talk to each other, or various simple ways. So it's, Noticing the holding and the grasping to our ideas and feelings and thoughts is what keeps us from forgiving, keeps us from atoning, keeps us from being the flowing moment that it is, this non-stop flowing that is us. We, physically, mentally, this so-called we, however we call ourselves, are only non-stop flowing. We just think we're some solid fixed form. We're non-stop flowing. And the life we have with everyone we encounter is just that. Sometimes you can get a sense of such things when you understand the time scale of different beings so that there are insects and other beings that have time scale of a day, a week, a month as a lifespan, a year, two years, or like us humans, 50, 100 years 
or like the trees outside or the trees in a forest that have, some of them have lifespans of six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand years, and therefore their movements are very different. And to us, we don't appreciate their movements because it seems to almost be non-movements in our life cycle and our perception. And the same with other beings. But it's all non-stop flowing. I can't help but thinking of the bodily functions that are non-stop flowing. And the older you get, the less you're able to stop them. <laughs> that is right as it is. <laughs> and the other side of it is then the ones that are flowing all along seem to slow down, whether That's they're right. the blood or the the memory. <coughs> yeah. All the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just welcome it and oh okay, you but, but do the our, best you can to even our mental functions are non-stop flowing and they change. And yet, we, and yet we insist on holding on to that is good person, that is bad person, that is what I want, that shouldn't have happened to me. Happened ten years ago, but it shouldn't have happened to me and I still remember it. Or I've... Or all sorts of, or I know this is the way he should act, and how come he's not acting this way today? Or, there, we all know the variations on that, so it's not a strict formula, but it's another way of discovering what we're doing in the face of reality of this moment, of being this moment, especially in the face of how we want to think about ourself and what should or shouldn't be, or where we grasp onto what the present moment of ourself is by playing with certain thoughts and feelings and missing the rest of this flowing self moment of our life. Non-stop flowing. Non-stop flowing. Or ungraspable. Ungraspable. So, what you knew yesterday, ungraspable. Where you were yesterday, ungraspable. In fact, the, the, uh, the Diamond Sutra has a phrase. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. Past mind is ungraspable. Present mind is ungraspable. Future mind is ungraspable. Some of you may know this. It, the Chinese word can be translated as ungraspable or unattainable. And the words have different connotations in English, but uh, which that phrase in the Diamond Sutra then becomes a question that an old woman poses to travelers when someone comes to ask her for a pastry that she serves. And she says, with which mind will you take this pastry? With which mind will you eat this pastry? Right, right there. How do we respond? With which mind do we hear this ungraspable past, present, future flowing? Or do we grasp on to something and in grasping hold it longer than is necessary, appropriate, and skillful? Yeah. Um, it just makes me think of 
Shore's mother uh, bought a house when she was 21. It was uh-huh. a really old house in New Hampshire. Beautiful old house. And she loved that house so much. She didn't want anything to change in that house. So it, it was... Um, so it never was plumbed or electrified or anything. And that was in her will, that nothing could be done to that house. So guess what? What? It's sitting there. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Where? <laughs> in New Hampshire. Stoddard, New Hampshire. It's, it's sitting there and what? Well, nobody in the family uh, can do anything about it because it was in her will. And they don't dare... You know, one son lives near the property, and he, you know, I, I don't know what he does, but he does. Thing. But it's, it, it made Tor really, really sad. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that, but there's one thing in it that did change. One thing in it that what? Did change. She died. Yeah, she, she aged. She was living in it, right? She was living in it, yes. Did, and she aged. Oh, she aged, yes. Yeah. We can try to keep things unaging, unchanging, and yet we well, are constantly changing. Say, I guess ageless. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was... It was uh, difficult situation for many of her children. Yes. Well, you know, this, you, your name is, is a facet of this non-stop flowing. No trace. Museki. That's non-stop flowing. That's the ungraspable, unattainable that Dogen is talking about. Therefore, you can be right where you are. You need to add plumbing to a house? Fine. You need to change the roof? Fine. Because that's the nature of our life. Constant changing. And if we hold on to, then you get a house that no one can live in. And we get our house, so to speak, non-livable if we hold on to all sorts of old stuff that's no longer appropriate. What's appropriate? Fine. Keep using it because it's constantly renewed. But if we insist on holding what bumps up against everything else, then you get a house that you that is ageless, as you say, and it's useless, at least for people. And maybe, you know, if that's what she wants, it'll eventually revert revert to the fields and the forests that it's among. But the point in practice is not... just to have the ungraspable, but then to bring forth the ungraspable as our life. To bring forth the ungraspable enlightenment or ungraspable understanding or ungraspable functioning of non-stop flowing. So, when it's time to eat, do that. When it's time to sleep, do that. That's non-stop flowing. That's what Dogen and all the other ancestors are encouraging us. Being just this moment. And what is the step after that? What's the compassion's way? Meaning the responding to the circumstance of the moment without holding to the self-centeredness, without holding to the thoughts and the dreams of self and others, 
means it's possible for us to compassionately, naturally be who we are. Wendy. Yeah, um, I find that um, listening is both listening and being close attention to the breath are two really great ways of including that flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm there's a lot of intense um, it's, it's like a an energy that's very dense and it's it feels it, it can feel very pressed down and very and like when I mm -hmm. open to you know all this traffic mm -hmm. and my breath within that intense energy there's a way that within that like graspy dense selfiness that I'm opening it feels not I'm opening there's just you know, an opening to this this thing you're talking about, this yeah. water crashing, you know, and it's just, I'm really grateful. In fact, I find it very hard in the winter to, like, sometimes I sit in a place where there's just not that much noise, and, you know, I mean, of course, breath is always available, but I really appreciate sounds, mm -hmm. and I really appreciate this traffic, because it's so reliable, and it does provide... <laughs> You know, because I'm not making that up. That's not my thinking. You know, that's yeah. so. I'm. That's that was just my my thought about. I really yeah. like the images of you know with the seals who seem. You know, it's kind of like we're learning to become these seals that can be alive and free and moving. You know, in the midst of this. You know, the, like the rocks represent. I think how we often are. You know, just mm -hmm. very hard and unmoving. Um, and life is are those crashing waves. So yeah. anyway, that was a beautiful, yeah. beautiful talk. And the thank you. The the what you say about the flowing of the sound is very much flowing through us. So not through us as something else, but us flowing sound, listening, or flowing breath. In a way, breath is always flowing if we allow it to and we could notice where we resist. And breath isn't just so-called into the nostrils, into the lungs, and that's it. But the whole of our being is breathing in different ways. And when we fight the various aspects of breathing the flowing universe, we have all sorts of harming and suffering. And it's not a matter of theory, because just notice it for yourself where suffering, harming, stress comes. And if you look at what's grasping there, where holding is there, then you can begin to see what skillful practice might be necessary or or go from the direction of giving yourself over to this moment this moment breathing this moment flowing this moment experiencing which is past experience doesn't exist present experience doesn't exist future experience doesn't exist it's just experiencing. I, okay, I just had one other thought, which is so helpful. I think the other thing is like this posture um, and this stillness, this container of non-moving allows for, you know, and it's an interesting you know, the dynamism, or like this, this flowing, the movement of sound and breath, and then this, you know, kind of form of stillness and silence that allows for this deepening presence. It's just an interesting thing that being very still and, you know, not holding, not, I'm not talking about like with the breath, but it's just an interesting thing how much 
being very still supports this flowiness and this allowance of movement. I just, I find that mm-hmm. like the sort of contradiction of those two, or not contradiction, but relationship. Yeah. The flowing and grasping of the monkeys must yeah. be not to. Not to? Yeah. Yes. Not to. That's a nice reminder not to. And it's a reminder for us also when we believe the two. Of course, one, two, three, four, fine. But if we hold on to the two, three, four, and the stories about it, and the reactions based on that, then we get in trouble. Not two, not one, and yet one, two, three, four, five, freely using and letting go. Freely picking up, as we say, freely putting down. Or, noticing how and what we refuse to put down. Noticing in the immediacy of it, and what is skillful practice effort there. Then, we can be in all sorts of circumstances, because our idea of how the circumstance should be need not hinder us from going to the realtor and signing the way it is now at this appointment to do those papers or whatever else. When we fall down, we help ourselves get up. When we get up and walk, sometimes we fall down. Sometimes we let go. Sometimes we hold on and collect and gather up. Uh, Yes, thank you. What do you mean by that? If you can, well, that that'll help people understand. So um, you could make up an example, or well, um, what did you say? That different dimensions, dimensions, dimensions. Well, this person uh, who I knew uh, uh, for a number of years, but I, I didn't realize um, how involved uh, they were with uh, their their child and the. The different activities in which their child was involved, mm-hmm. what their child was doing, they never talked about it, but it was there and it must have been a big part of this person's life. And I never realized that. Uh, the person I, was just a certain way in my mind based on my immediate experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's one example. Similarly, even with myself, I would say that there's dimensions to myself, there's aspects of myself that I tend to forget about that are there. Mm-hmm. I often tell myself I don't know how to do this or that and all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing it and I find that, well, that that wasn't true so stories like that, uh, yeah. that are sort of like what you're talking about yeah yeah. that that grasping on even to self images much less to images about other people who we encounter about this is the way they are or this is the way they're not or this is the way they should be and this is the way they shouldn't be or this is the way I should feel, or this is what I shouldn't have to feel, and yet if the flowing moment brings this here, this is where my life moment of practice, of being this as opposed to being grasping onto what is and isn't, but being this ungraspable flowing right here. And if we want to inquire further, we could look closely. What is this ungraspable, flowing moment? Yeah. But we have a choice, don't we? 
You have choice every minute. <laughs> but I mean, where you're going to go, where that flow is going to go. Sometimes I mean, you have choice, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go to bed and say, I choose tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up like a 50-year-old with lots of energy. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen tomorrow morning. You could try it. <laughs> You're no longer 50. I should say that so that everyone understands. <laughs> For some people, that would be growing older quickly. Some people, that would be growing younger quickly. <laughs> yes. But we do have choice sometimes. We have choice always of choosing what's so right now or choosing, refusing to be what's so right now. When it comes to choice, I find that sometimes I don't have a choice because I don't see a choice, because Mm -hmm. my choice has not yet uh, been made conscious. You helped me with that Uh over the years. Um, so that when you show me I have a choice, then I can choose. Mm-hmm. And it's always surprising to me how, no matter how good it feels to release the grasping mm-hmm. on something that's causing me suffering, how I go back and grasp it again 25 times a day, you know, a minute uh-huh. sometimes. And what is the nature of a human being that can't learn the lesson to... <laughs> We, we, well, have, like we have to keep doing it until that habit that has its own, let us say, uh, force of cause and effect until that. But each time we work with it, if we say it that way, each time we practice with it, each time we notice it is more of our ability to see what's called for than you want to grasp? Grasp. You don't want to? Fine. And we see the consequence. And sometimes the consequence is strong enough for us to remember not to. And sometimes, despite the strong consequence that we say we don't want, we still insist, well, I'm going to go back and do that. Good. Okay. Thank you.